like films podcast i'm Britt, and i'm greg and this is the podcast for you to hang out with us for a bit while we discuss a movie one or both of us loves and this week is a movie that i think we both love yeah definitely we're talking about later in the episode we'll be talking about 2007's walk hard the dewey cox story yeah true story <laughs> yeah absolutely 100 percent true um about dewey cox the legendary uh, rock and roll musician. We'll be talking about that later in the episode. The rise and fall and rise again. And rise again. <laughs> um, from the ashes like a phoenix. But um, I want to say that I watched The Mitchells versus The Machines. How good was it? It was It was really good. Um, <laughs> yeah. You, talked, you had recommended it uh, in the last episode. And it's available on Netflix, if people don't know. Um, and I really loved the. I'm not going to give anything away, but there's a. Uh, the center of it is a family story, but really a father daughter story, which I guess I um, resonated with, as well as I loved the animation style and the way that they brought in the like meme internet culture of the younger yeah. generation into the animation. I thought was really clever. Yeah, I think the. And I mean. Not to mention that it just looked really good. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? <laughs> yeah, it was just like really well done. Yeah. My girl, um, I'm blanking on her full name, but Abby from Broad City voices oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the main girl who I love. Um, the father was. Abby Jacobson? Yes. Good memory. Yeah. Uh, the father was. Danny McBride. Danny McBride. Yep. The mom was Maya Rudolph. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It was great. I loved it. It was a good wreck. Yeah. Yeah. I. Um, it popped up. I think I was just like browsing through Netflix and it was on the top 10 because it had just like, I, I don't, like that, that. That happens when things like just come out on Netflix. They like make an appearance on the top 10. Right. But uh, I don't know. It caught my eye and I was like, all right, I'll check it out. Mm-hmm. And we watched it on like a, like a Saturday night in. It was great. Yeah. Yeah, it's perfect for that. Yeah. Yeah, I recommend watching? I recommended it to uh, my other friends who have a baby. Well, actually, the baby's probably too young to even understand what was going on. But like, <laughs> but Wait, I was did like, you recommend you guys... it for the baby? Well, I recommended it because it's like a family movie. And I was like, you guys have a kid. But, like, she's eight months old, so <laughs> she's not really That baby doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, but then, um, but then uh, my friend Tessa, she texted me and was like, I cried ten times. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good one. It's one of those. It's not. It's not Disney or Pixar. I forget who the animation studio is. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe but DreamWorks. They, maybe just Netflix. Like or, Netflix, obviously teamed uh, with somebody. I don't think right. they have their own animation studio. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but it was one of those weaving in some adult heartfelt heartfelt stories into the, the a children's movie style. Yeah. It was good. Um. Yeah, there was there was a lot of funny stuff in that movie. I don't know, I liked it. Just a good movie. <laughs> good job, whoever whoever made it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, what else are you what What else are you watching recently? Uh, I find, I'm a little late to the game, but I finally like binge watched the entire season one of Ted Lasso. Finally, <laughs> um, I it was it was great. I mean, it was hilarious, but it also was like really touching. Uh, in a lot of th- in like a lot of moments, and um, it was uh, it's good. It's just really good. I'm excited for season two, which is apparently coming really soon. <laughs> July. Yeah, yeah. So I guess I picked a good time to watch it. Yeah, I'm not going to say any spoilers, but one of the things I love about Ted Lasso is there were a lot of um, plot choices made that were not usual, or in character decisions made that were not what I usually would have expected from a story like that. Um, I'm being so vague because I don't want to give spoilers. Um, But it it was... I mean, it came out... It came out like a year ago. I feel like we can... I I think, if anything, it's because a lot of people 
I think Apple TV Plus or whatever it is is not doing as well as Apple wants it to. There's not like <laughs> I mean there, there's a lot of subscribers just because you get it like every time you buy an iPhone you get a year or something like that. Yeah. But um, like I. I mean, well, maybe I'm not the best example because I'm like kind of an anti-Apple guy, (laughs) but like I obviously don't have, I don't obviously don't have Apple TV plus, so I had to download it, Mm -hmm. um, illegally and, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, right. (laughs) If you're listening to this podcast from (laughs) Apple, (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, well, do you, do you want me to just say, yeah, I think, I think it's been long enough. The people out there, sorry to our 30 listeners (laughs) yeah so sorry but one of the things i loved is uh one of the big parts of the storyline that's going on behind the scenes is rebecca's secret about trying to sabotage ted lasso oh right yeah and And when that finally comes to a head and she like reveals it yeah that's a great scene his reaction is not what you would usually expect somebody to react like um it was in character for ted lasso yeah it fits that character he's just like relentlessly positive right and he was like Divorce is hard and makes yeah. people do weird things. And it right. was, it yeah. was immediately he's like, I, I forgive you. That's it. All right, let's yeah. move on. It was great. It was like, let's move on. Let's get this team ready for the next game. And I loved it. Yeah. Loved um, it. yeah, there was, and there's a lot of like touching little moments like that. I mean, not even just with him, like with, um, with, uh, is it Roy Kent, the main, ca- the, like the, uh, the, the captain of the team, I think, yes. it's Roy Kent. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a few scenes with him and Juno Temple's character that are really touching as well, where like he's kind of trying not to be, or he's he's learning to not be such like a hard ass, like you know, no emotion guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so many things, listeners. If you haven't seen Ted Lasso, it's like free therapy. It's so <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> um, we had some trailers come out since we last recorded um the green knight which a24 production was supposed to come out way back last year um Mm -hmm. we had latest trailer release for that with dev patel yeah i am when i was a kid i was a huge fan of like anything king arthur i was like any any kind of like fantasy story really i was like big lord of the rings guy star wars whatever nerdy thing you name it i was into it but king arthur was like Yeah, yeah, exactly. But King Arthur in particular, I had like these two King Arthur books that like, um, like these really nice, like they weren't leather, but they were like kind of like nice looking hardcover books that had like all the little King Arthur, like mini stories, like the whole saga of King Arthur and the green Knight is like one of those stories is like one of the King Arthur stories. Uh And, um, it's cool that they're not, I like that they're picking out one of the smaller, like it's not really about King Arthur even it's about like one of the Knights of the round table. Mm-hmm. And um, I like that they're picking out those like smaller stories instead of doing like the classic King Arthur story where it's like they start out when he's a kid and he gets the sword and then he becomes the king and then they, the you know, they, there's like a big wizard battle like it's always the same type of like yeah. King Arthur movie that gets made every like ten fifteen years and uh, I, I think I don't know it's cool it just seems like a different different direction. So how familiar are you with the story of the Green Knight? I mean. As, I guess as familiar as anybody can be. It's not like a super detailed story. Okay, I know nothing about it, so that's why I'm the, asking. The Arthur, like the the King Arthur, like legend, I guess you can call them, is like it's really like a collection of short stories that all happen while he's king, either to him or to one of the knights of the Round Table. So this one is like the Green Knight. Yeah, I, I don't want. I won't get into it too far. But like, basically, the Green Knight shows up out, out of random, and he's like, "I'm gonna f all you guys up, basically, in one year." And then, I forget exactly which night it is. I think Gawain. I don't know. Don't quote yeah. me on that. But he's like volunteers to go like on this journey to find the Green Knight and so that's fight Dev him. Patel's character. That's Dev Patel. Yeah. Cool. So I don't think I don't know that King Arthur is actually going to be a big character in the movie. I think he is the king at the time, but it's really about Dev Patel going in like, all right, I'll handle this. Yep. The the trailer, um, like visuals and everything looked and style looked really cool. Yeah. I'm excited. Um, Is that this summer? Mm, Yeah. I don't know. I saw the trailer. I didn't see what when it's coming out. (laughs) Who pays attention to that? 
I know, right? You're so wrapped up in what just happened, like the 90 seconds before that you missed the release date. <laughs> yeah. July 30th. There okay, yeah, that's pretty soon. Woo! Movie's coming back. Um, more trailer news. Uh, I guess we can call it a trailer for Loki. Yeah, it was more, I guess it was like a another teaser. Like. Yeah. Character I think, introduction teaser. Yeah, and they do that. They do that for like a lot of the movies and series. Like before they come out, they'll do like a little like 30 second spot on like a specific new character that's being introduced. Just so you have like a little bit of background on who they are. Mm-hmm. But it's all clips from the show. So obviously if you just watch the show, you're going to get all that information. It's not necessarily like you don't have to watch the trailer, Um, but it was cool. It was like an intro to Owen Wilson's character. Yep. Agent Mobius, Mobius. I don't know. Mobius. Yeah. Mobius. Yeah. Um, Um, It seems like it's, we've said this before, but it seems like the premise is going to be Loki, Loki time cop. Yeah. That's what I'm getting from this. And (laughs) yeah, I mean, I'm into it. I like yeah. Owen Wilson, and I think um, Tom uh, Hiddleston is just the perfect Loki. He always has been um, yeah. to me, so I uh, can't wait to see him back in that role. For yeah, I think he was he was always great as Loki, but I think he they really did a good job like developing that character across all the movies. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because he could have just been a bad guy and like the kind of an asshole like he was in the beginning but then he has this whole like other dimension to him with his like brotherly relationship with thor and um him like not feeling worthy or whatever like that that that, they didn't have to include that as part of the character you know what i mean so they really went there right did you see the um i think it was um chris hemsworth posted the headline article from 10 years ago when the thor casting was announced and the headline was um like Marvel casts like two nobodies for like new <laughs> Thor film, <laughs> yeah. And they were like nobody really knew who Chris Hemsworth and Tom Hiddleston were in 2011. Yeah, I remember. Um, I remember like uh, that he was like, Chris Hemsworth was like the guy who was in that Star Trek movie for two seconds. Yeah, he played he played uh, Captain Kirk's dad who dies in like the first 30 seconds of that uh, the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie. And oh, I was yeah. like, okay, like I was like, all right, that guy's gonna be Thor. Like, I guess he was like buff or whatever. <laughs> like, the, yeah. I was like, the only thing I guess, like, if you have muscles, like, it could be Thor, I suppose. But he actually, yeah, I mean, like, he is, he is he- Thor now. The headline of the article: Marvel rolls dice, casts no names for Thor. <laughs> well, they rolled them. It worked. They rolled, and it worked. So, mm-hmm. way to go. Um, it makes me think of like this next generation of superheroes that's coming now in phase four, like, like the guy that they, that they cast as, um, um, Shang-Chi. Right? Yeah. Isn't it Shang-Chi, right? I think it is. Which I thought it was Shang-Chi, but I saw his post on Instagram where he was like, it's actually Shang-Chi. And I was like, okay, oh, well, if he says okay. so, then, I, then it is. Then yeah, um, it must be. Yeah. And he's like, he's the guy from Kim's convenience. Yes. I don't, I don't know his name off the top of my head. I'm going to be honest, but like, I'm now in 10 years. Am I going to look back and be like, how did I not know that guy's name? Like, what the hell could be like, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Um, can't wait. Can't wait for new Marvel stuff. Um, (laughs) I put on our, on our movie news list. Have you seen the, um, the dear Evan Hansen trailer just came out today. Did you happen to watch it? No, I haven't seen really anything Evan Hansen related. Like I know a little bit about what it's about and like what the whole deal is, but I don't but I haven't do seen you? any. <laughs> because Maybe here, not. <laughs> because here's the thing. So, I knew that it was this huge play that premiered on Broadway, I think in 2015, it won like a million Tonys, mm-hmm. and I always thought that 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 it was about a gay teenager like coming to terms like in high school having a rough time because he's gay and coming to terms with his himself and his mm-hmm. sexuality. What what do you think it's about? I thought it was about suicide, wasn't it? <laughs> Maybe I'm confusing it with something so- else. <laughs> so <the> tra- <laughs> I'm, I'm revealing how little I know about it. Right, so the trailer comes out and and I was like, and I'm watching it and I'm like, oh, this is what that, mo- that play was about and I'm not the only one because on Twitter... 
Um, people are saying the exact same thing. There's a tweet um, that just says, I too thought it was just a musical about being gay. But from the trailer, it seems like it's about this teenager in high school that has really bad social anxiety. And he, a, another kid in his high school who also was like an outcast, kills himself. Okay. And, All right. I knew there was a suicide. And the parents of the teen who killed himself thinks that Evan Hansen was their now deceased son's like only friend. There's like oh. other there's other bits in the trailer that makes that tells you why they think that's the case. Okay. So, like, I guess this Evan Hansen teenager has become this, like, comfort for this now deceased uh, high schooler's family. And it becomes this, like, whole thing. And everybody on Twitter is like, wait, what? This isn't about what I thought it was about. So there's that. And Ben Platt is reprising his role as Evan Hansen. But he's, right. like, I 20. Knew he, I knew he was in it on Broadway. So he's, like, 27 now. So now people are making fun of it because... They're like, that dude's supposed to be in high school. like yeah, more like dad, Evan Hansen. Right, exactly. <laughs> so um, don't know if I'll be seeing that movie, but it kind of um, is blowing a lot of people's minds. Yeah. Um, ben Platt, I always know that he did um, like a bunch of charity work for uh, this charity that my cousin was involved in. She was sick for a lot of her life. And he and the other guy from, uh, from Pitch Perfect... I forget his name. Adam the other, No, 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 no. The love interest guy. Oh, oh, okay. Um, the two of them, like, showed up to a ton of events that she was nice. at. And, like, it always really meant a lot to her. Yeah. Um, I'm not, like, shit-talking Ben Platt and his work. Oh, no, 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 no. That's, I'm, I'm, it was just an anecdote about Ben Platt. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's, no. he's a good guy. <laughs> he seems like a lovely man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying what's, what's the haps. Right. A, a lot of lovely people cannot play teenagers. <laughs> This is true. This is true. Um, what else this week? I think that was all our trailer news. Um, Golden Globes are racist and need to do better. Yeah. I thought it was funny that Tom Cruise, of all people, was like leading the charge to like return his awards. Oh, oh was he? <laughs> yeah. He was like, I'm sending them in. Like, that's it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Tom Cruise... Um, we I saw Judd- there was a post. Judd Apatow was returning his like honor for for Walk Hard. Yeah. Um. There, and there was a few other slides. I'm not going to remember all the names, but there was a few others. But Tom Cruise was like one of the notable ones that he's like returning his Golden Globes. Oh, thanks, Tom Cruise. Yeah, Tom Cruise, you're part of a cult, so let's not be on a high ground here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> not looking for you to save us all. Exactly. Please. Um. And then Amazon rumored to be buying MGM for $9 billion. MGM's got a lot of properties that make Amazon Prime, like, super prime. Amazon nice. super prime. <laughs> nice. Um, there is also... AT, they're already both owned by AT&T, but there's also uh, a rumor floating around that AT&T is going to merge Turner Media and Discovery, which is... Like so, Discovery has their Discovery Plus, which is out right now. They have right. their streaming service, which I guess includes like their umbrella of TV networks, which I think has HGTV and a couple other ones. Okay. And then Turner Media is HBO, CNN, and like various others. So HBO Max and like um, I think Comedy Central, a few others. Um, so that could be a big media conglomerate. I mean, it's already a big media conglomerate, but you know, it's going to get even bigger. Yep, just mash them all together and have them take over everything. Yeah, it just goes to show, though, like, Discovery Plus, I think, had, like, a pretty big, like, marketing push. Like, when I signed up, well, when I, like, there's all sorts of promotional deals. When I moved into my apartment recently, there was a, uh, when I signed up for internet service here, there was, like, a promotional deal to get three months of Discovery Plus, and, um... There was another one, too. Like, if I switched to... I was looking at switching my cell phone provider. There was, like, you can get a free year of Discovery Plus. So they were, like, kind of getting it out there. Did you hop on it? You I have Discovery it. Plus? I have a free trial. I've never actually signed into it. Mm, so the not HG, a- I, I would watch some HGTV. Oh, hell yeah. That's, like, the sign of becoming an adult. Oh, I was... <laughs> 
I was doing that when I was like 23, so. Okay. A lot of people would say 23 is an adult. That's it. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was I was on that train many, many years ago. Um, oh, yeah. But, all right. I think that's our news. Do you, do you have anything else? Um, did we talk about the Knives Out casting? Oh, shit. The biggest news. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Thank you. Oh, my yeah. God. Knives Out. Did you get your notice to be in Knives Out 2 yet? Uh, I assume it's in the mail because everybody's in it. Yeah, because everybody's in <laughs> Knives Out 2. Um, also waiting for my notice from Ryan Johnson. But, um, yeah, Knives Out 2 is casting everybody. So, obviously, Daniel Craig is coming back to reprise his role. But we've recently found out that Catherine Hahn will be joining. Janelle mm-hmm. Monet, Dave Bautista, Edward Norton... Leslie Odom Jr. Yeah, that was the newest one, Leslie Odom Jr. Um, I'm sure I'm missing names. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the the thing with this. I mean, if they're going to make it a series, right? Like, the first one was, like, star-studded, had, like, a ton of people in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they're going to go for the same type of thing. Like, ensemble uh, mystery movie, I guess. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of, uh, have you ever seen Clue? From the 80s. Oh, yeah. Like, it's like a less comedic version of that. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. So true. I will miss, um, I mean, I will miss many people from the first movie. The entire cast was incredible. Um, but I thought Chris Chris Evans was surprisingly so good. Yeah. Not that yeah. I'm saying, I've only really seen him as Captain America. And not another teen movie. <laughs> I mean, those were his two biggest credits for a long time. So, uh, um, yeah, I I really love Anna de Armas. She's like my my crush. Yeah, she should, <laughs> she sure movie woman crush woman crush Wednesday. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she's not. I, I guess she's not going to be in the, uh, yeah. in the second one. Her, I mean, her story kind of wrapped up, so it makes very sense. nicely for her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I will miss Chris Evans and his chunky cable knit sweaters because he really wore them very well in the first one. Yeah, I mean, what doesn't he wear well? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get cast as Captain America if you're not like classically ruggedly good looking. As I just, as I just space out for a few seconds. <laughs> Imagine him in all sides of uh, yeah. all, all kinds of uh, outfits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he would wear anything well. Um, so very excited for Knives Out 2. I don't know off the top of my head when that is slated to be released, scheduled, year-wise. I, I don't know. Who knows? We're st- I feel like the movie schedule is still it's still like heavily affected by COVID. There's a lot of stuff that they're like backlogged with stuff to release now. Mm-hmm. And they're still not 100% in, like, back in full production. Um, I think for some things they are, but other things they aren't. Like, there's some stuff that's not feasible. Yeah. Now that everybody's starting to get vaccinated, it probably will be back to normal soon. Yeah. We're already starting to see. Um, I know it was just announced that Dune is not going to be released on HBO Max same day um, as no, theater. Really? Yeah, they, they rolled that back, which I'm not surprised. There was um, conflict with the uh, director for that when that was announced and um, a lot of the cast and crew did not like that decision Um, Chalamet wasn't on board Chalamet was not on board I'm sure he (laughs) wasn't Um, yeah so that's going to be theaters only and then released on HBO Max at a later date alright so I wonder if more if that's going to start to happen more now that I honestly didn't take like advantage of that HBO Max like same day thing for very many movies yeah, because not a lot of the big blockbusters have come out yet. Wonder Woman, I remembered I did it for Wonder Woman. I watched like yep. on day one when it came out. Godzilla versus Kong, like that might be it. <laughs> yeah, uh, Mortal and Kombat. Godzilla. Oh yeah, Mortal Kombat. But that did that come out in theaters at all? Probably. Yeah, it did. It did. I know okay. somebody who saw it in theaters. Yeah. yeah. And like Godzilla versus Kong was more of a, like a I didn't have anything to do that day, so I watched it. Yeah. It wasn't like I was waiting for it to come right. out. Oh, hey, I do right. like Godzilla movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, can't wait uh, to get back in the theater. Yeah. I I still haven't decided 
like I'm not like I, I guess I'm not really like targeting a specific movie, but like I did have I, I mentioned this before I did have Black Widow kind of mm-hmm. in mind because like I always go see the Marvel movies, but we'll see we'll see if anything comes out that really wants you know makes me want to go. Yeah. Cool. All right, should we talk about Lockhart? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Um, I'm not warning about spoilers because this movie came out in 2007. So. Kind of did just warn about spoilers by saying that. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> if you haven't seen this movie yet, um, I don't know what to tell you. It is so funny. It's one of my favorite comedies. And let's talk about a little bit of background info for this movie. It was released December 21st, 2007. So our freshman year of college. Yeah. I didn't see it until probably a year later. When I was a sophomore, I don't think I saw it in theaters, but I saw it definitely very soon after. Like I downloaded it or something. Yeah. Um, it was like I said, 2007. Other movies that were released in 2007, um, pretty big hitters. You had No Country for Old Men, which took home the Oscar. Mm-hmm. Um, there will be blood. You had Juno, Ratatouille. Um, one of my favorites, Atonement, came out that year. Um, uh, yeah, we were going through the list earlier. The third Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, yep. Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Right. The first Transformers movie with Shia LaBeouf. Yep. Um, American Gangster. Denzel came out that year. I like year. that movie. It's a great movie. Mm-hmm. I should watch that again soon. So, um, funny to think about what else was being released that year. And then you have... <laughs> Lockhart, the Dewey Cox story, come through yeah. end of the year. I mean, right up there with any of the other comedies that came out that year. Yeah, definitely. If not, if not the best comedy of that year. It was actually, and I didn't know this, nominated for two Golden Globes. Not the movie itself, but um, best original song. And okay. um, John C. Riley was actually nominated for a Globe. Okay. First performance. Yeah. yeah. So, um... Like I said, movie stars John C. Riley as the title character. Um, written by the director who was Jake Kasdan and also Judd Apatow. So Jake Kasdan, though, fun fact, is the son of Lawrence Kasdan, who famously wrote was the co-writer with George Lucas of Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, a lot of the yeah. Lawrence Kasdan is like a legend, and Jake is his son. What the heck? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, cool. like Star Wars fans like always held Lawrence Kasdan in like very high regard because A New Hope came out. He wasn't involved in that, but then he helped okay. write um, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Then he wasn't on board for the for the prequels, and everybody mm. hated the prequels at the time. So they were like, "Well, you didn't have Lawrence Kasdan. He's the best writer of all time." <laughs> and then he came back for Force Awakens and like the new ones. And then they were like, "Wait a minute, this guy's not that great." <laughs> <laughs> What, but, uh, Star Wars fans are wishy-washy? That's weird. Yeah, right. But I think he, um, I, I mean, I know him for the Star Wars stuff, but I know that he's been a writer on a bunch of stuff, too. Uh, a bunch of other stuff, I should say. Um, the the father, Lawrence Kasdan. Um, yeah. I think he was, he also did Ra- uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, or one of the Indiana Jones movies with Steven Spielberg okay. and George Lucas. Um I'm not going to remember the rest, but there's some there's some big ones, like some big credits for him, as far as oh. like writing specifically for writing. So you think do you think Jake feels like he's living in his dad's shadow? Um, not after Walk Hard, it's a step out of the shadow. True, true. He did do um, the <laughs> um, 2002 hit Orange County. Yeah, that's pretty good. Which I remember I <laughs> had my mom take me to Blockbuster to rent that movie. Um, and I remember really loving it when it came out starring uh, Colin Hanks and Jack Black. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I, I feel like that was like, like a little bit of a cult classic movie. Like there was like a, <laughs> there was like a crowd of people that really, really love Orange County. And like I, I liked it, but like I didn't love it. Yeah, I was 13. Um, I liked Garden State better with Zach Braff. Oh, God. Like, I feel like that was around that time, too, wasn't it? <laughs> um, a couple, maybe like a year or two earlier. But, um, yeah. 
Man, that's an episode we could do. I could write a novel about that movie. <laughs> about Garden State? Yeah. <laughs> it was like a very transformative movie for me oh. for many reasons. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this episode's about Walk Hard. So um, Jake Kasdan directed and wrote it with Judd Apatow. Um, they also produced it with Clayton Townsend. And this cast is just extensive. Yeah, I mean, because there's also a ton of people that just do cameos as well. So there's like just names upon names upon names. They got like they called in all all the favors. Yeah, so obviously John C. Riley's the star. Kristen Wiig plays his first wife, Edith Cox. <laughs> right, which is not not a huge role, but like she's in it a lot in the beginning, but then she kind of disappears. Yeah, she's a couple years. Kristen Wiig's a couple years into SNL at the time mm-hmm. uh, this movie was released. Um, Raymond J. Barry plays his dad. The wonderful Margot Martindale plays his mom. Character actress Margot Martindale. <laughs> yep. She's great. Jenna Fisher, who I think would be maybe the other main lead in this movie if you needed to pick one as his second yeah, wife, so. Darlene. His um, June Carter Cash, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim Meadows is in this. Jonah Hill makes some appearances. Craig Robinson, another Office alum. Ed Helms is in it, another yeah. Office alum. Ed Helms very briefly, but yeah, he's there. <laughs> yeah, he's there. Um, we'll, we'll get into some of the other um, actors as we talk about the movie. But this movie was released in 07, and it re- around that time you had a lot of biopics coming out about musicians. You had, obviously, Walk the Line, which is about Johnny right. Cash. You right, the obvious inspiration for this. Obvious. You had Ray, about Ray Charles. You had um, I'm Not There, the Bob Dylan biopic. Right. So you had a lot coming out. And this, they, they all had a kind of, you know, style to the storytelling. And um, Jake had this idea for Walk Hard and just turned those biopics <laughs> on their heads and made this funny movie about it's like the the comedy ver it's like Forrest Gump but musician comedy it's like this one guy's life and he lives through all these different phases in like the most extreme way in the music industry yeah i'd say this this movie is more of like an a true spoof of a of like a, one of those musician biopic movies whereas like Galaxy Quest that we did last episode was like kind yes. of it's a comedy but it's not really a spoof because it's not they're not trying to do Star Trek. They're trying to. It was like more meta than that. You know what I mean? Um, yep. But this is like they're they're straight up spoofing it. It's straight you know, up, like even to the point where they're like almost not lifting scenes, but like directly referencing scenes from Walk Hard and Ray. Yes. Um, and it, I mean, it was great. There's just like there's just like hilarious line after hilarious line throughout the whole movie. So good. Um, it, it starts off in the 1940s. Uh, so Dewey Cox obviously plays... Um, I mean, John C. Riley plays Dewey Cox at every age of his life. So when the movie right. starts and he's, you know, a teenager in high school... Well, like, no, that's... He, doesn't play, he doesn't play, like, Kid Dewey. But, okay. yeah. <laughs> Kid Dewey, that's true, when he's, like, eight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the, the movie starts and little Dewey accidentally cuts his brother in half with a machete <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah which which prompts one, the one the one of my first favorite lines in the movie or earliest favorite lines which is when the doctor comes and i don't know if it's the same line you're thinking of but when the doctor comes oh, and he's like it it's one of the worst cases of a person being cut in half i've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> and doesn't the dad go is he dead or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> and the doctor's like yeah he didn't yeah, make it or whatever <laughs> yeah or like we weren't able to reattach his bottom half uh, to his oh top yeah half. <laughs> like so oh, is he dead <laughs> speak no speak english doc we ain't scientists <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um i'm, so, I'm halved <laughs> so that's that scenario of the brother being cut in half Johnny Cash's brother actually died because he was almost completely cut in half by a table saw. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, so that's in a way lifted right from Johnny Cash's own life. Wow, I thought I thought that was more of a reference to Ray because didn't his Ray Charles's brother like drowned in a tub or something? Oh. 
and that they showed that in the movie in the Johnny Cash movie I don't think they mentioned the the brother not that I can't remember it did they in walk, walk the line in, oh, and walk, walk the line, and walk the line. No, they don't mention the brother. Walk the line, right? But in Ray, they do. Like the, his him remembering his brother dying is like a big thing. So maybe it was a little mix of both, like people right. who. But obviously, the being cut in half thing is a direct reference to Johnny Cash's life. Direct, it, yeah. exactly, exactly. Um, Stevie Wonder. So after his brother gets cut in half, um, Dewey lo- loses his sense of smell. That's pulled from Stevie Wonder's actual life. Because Stevie Wonder once lost his sense of smell after a car accident. Oh. So, like, that bit of trauma actually came from a, another musician. So, Stevie life. Wonder was a, was a three-sensed person for a while. He was. He had lost two out of five. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And doing better than all of us. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I... This... I love the way this movie approaches the, the music scene through the decades, and you see Dewey transform and grow with that. So <laughs> starting in the 50s when rock and roll is in its infancy, and they, they poke fun and spoof and make fun of the way adults reacted to early rock and roll with Elvis and these really sweet songs. <laughs> Dewey's, uh, one of his early songs is like, Take My Hand. That's like really yeah. sweet and like kind of like a little ballad. <laughs> yeah, and all kinds of like take my hand. That's devil music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like he's like it's a song about holding someone's hand. It's like you know who has hands? The devil. <laughs> like, yeah, what? But also, I, but I love the overreaction from the kids too, where he's singing that "Take My Hand" song, and the yeah. girls are just like ripping open their shirts. <laughs> yes, gyrating all over the place. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I thought that was very smart and clever to to make fun of and spoof on that reaction. Um, and then the, the way, so as as it goes on, he, Dewey gets discovered by taking, sitting in and singing for Craig Robinson's character. <laughs> right. In the movie. So it's, in a way, making fun of and acknowledging the way early rock and roll white musicians stole from the black community and got rich and famous. Right, yeah. I mean, even to the point where he sings a song that would be horribly offensive in any other scenario, <laughs> but uh, clearly meant to be sung by a black man, and he goes up there and sings it while he's filling in, and everyone, like, at first, there's, like, that one second where they're like, what is he doing? And then they're like, oh, wait, he's great! <laughs> like, yeah. Then they have no problem with it. Yeah. The Jewish record executives come in. Oh, my God, Yeah. <laughs> Which was Harold uh, Ramis, by the way, was one of them, uh, who uh, was right. supposed to uh, supposed to direct Galaxy Quest and then backed out. As we oh talked my about god! Yeah, that, and oh. that must have been right before he died, to be honest. Um, yeah, because he was also in Knocked Up. He played Seth Rogen's dad, but uh, um, okay. that yeah. and those were both like two of his last roles. Yeah. Oh, everything's connected. Hollywood's mm. so small. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> um. I love the overall exaggeration of how old everybody is for the age they're playing. Yeah. Like, one, one of my favorite lines is Kristen Wiig screaming at uh, Dewey's parents that she's Dewey's 12-year-old girlfriend. And Kristen yeah, I'm Dewey's probably... 12-year-old girlfriend, yeah. <laughs> Did you hear that? Yeah, yeah. or when they're married and uh, she has, I think she, I don't know how many babies they have at that point, but he comes home and she, they have the house. And and uh, she's like, Dewey, don't you want a, like, don't you want anything more out of life? And he's like, I have a house and a family. It's like, it's like I think that's pretty good for a fourteen year old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so good. Um, my favorite. Uh, there's just so many good parodies and poking fun at different artists. My favorite is the Bob Dylan period. Yeah. Where he's. <laughs> Go ahead. Is that when he sings, uh, oh no, I think that may be Cat Stevens when he's doing uh, the Let Me Hold You Little Man. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. The the Bob Dylan one is he's just singing nonsense. Right. <laughs> Absolute freaking nonsense. And somebody, and one of his band members is like, what is the song about? And Tim Meadows' character is like, you guys are idiots. This song is very deep. 
And it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I love Bob Dylan, but that scene kills me because I'm like, it's it's kind of true. Yeah, Tim Meadows, I think, has some of the best moments in the uh, in the movie with that recurring drugs joke, where yeah. he like slowly is getting introduced. He's introducing Dewey to harder and harder drugs as the movie goes, <laughs> and like, uh, I mean, especially the just right off the bat with the weed one. Yeah. When he's like, what are, you, what are you guys doing? He's like, you don't want none of this, Dewey. This is reefer. <laughs> and uh, it's like, yeah, it just uh, it makes everything better and makes sex better and makes, <laughs> like, you can't get a hangover. It's the cheapest drug. And Dewey's like, I I'm, I think I want that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure <laughs> I, I want, want some, some of that. I want some of that reefer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. And uh, the cocaine, he's like, uh, the, uh, yeah, it turn, turns all your bad feelings into good feelings. Makes you feel like you can do anything, and and it cuts to them like singing like basically a punk rock version of one of their songs. Just, yeah. like, screaming. <laughs> what uh, what drug is it where uh, Tim Meadows? One of the last things he says is like, "It's a nightmare." Oh, um, is it when they're old and he's he's doing Viagra? No, I really thought it was coke. Maybe, yeah. He's like, it turns all your bad feelings into good feelings, and something, something, something. It's a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> and I always love how easily he gives in when Dewey's like, I think I might want some of that. And he's like, okay, just this once. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So it, it. I think it. Re- it reminded me of this because I think it's right after he tries cocaine for the first time he meets um, his second wife, play- Darlene, played by Jenna Fisher. Mm-hmm. Who looks great in this movie, by yeah, the way. Yeah, I was going to say, prime Jenna Fisher. Prime Although Jenna Although I haven't Fisher. seen much of her now, so I'm sure she looks great now anyway, but... Oh, she does. Yeah. Yeah, she, but she, she looks incredible in this movie. Um, <laughs> so she's like the June Carter Cash of this story. Um, she does not actually sing in the movie. It's not her voice. Yeah, right. I thought she it's did when I, like when I was watching it. I thought I was like maybe she like pre-recorded it. I mean, I knew she wasn't singing right there, but like yeah. maybe she pre-recorded it. No, John C. Riley obviously did all the singing himself, mm-hmm. um, but she did not. And she, um, they're <laughs> they're getting together is pretty funny. Um, the the like push and pull she does with him of I want to like have sex with you and like be with you and she's like but but you're my friend and like that whole <laughs> yeah that whole back and forth sequence of like sexually eating ice cream together and like yeah. <laughs> aggressively sexually like woodworking right and when they yeah. sing that the duet song together yeah <laughs> yeah um, which that whole song is like the the lyrics were like genius the way they wrote that that should have been nominated for the Golden Globe. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Um, Although, who wants to be nominated for a racist club these days? So true, so true. They were probably still (laughs) racist in 2007, so. Yeah, I wish I knew all the details of why they're racist, but I'm willing to get on board with this train. Yeah. Totally. (laughs) Yeah. Um, the, The Beatles scene... The classic. Oh the, that's that the best like cameo appearance in the whole movie. Um, so, go ahead. You have Paul Rudd as John Lennon, who does a great exaggerated John Lennon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's like Long just as, just accurate enough. Just accurate enough. Um, Justin Long as George Harrison, who I think t- does great. I think he um, looks the most like the person he's supposed to be of the four. Yeah, in the voice though, I thought yeah. it was pretty good. Um, Jason Schwartzman as Ringo Starr. Yeah, Jason <laughs> Schwartzman should feel lucky that he was included in that. I mean, I like Jason Schwartzman, but like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> and then the best one looks nothing like Paul McCartney is Jack Black. Yeah, I think that's like they must have been right in the movie, and they're like. Ja- or they like Jack Black. Maybe they were like considering Jack Black for another role, and they were like, "All right, but we'll find something for you." Like we're not going to do that, but we'll find something. Like we need to fit Jack Black in somehow. Right. I was like, How about Paul McCartney? <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> he doesn't even try to do a British accent. Yeah, like, I'm the leader of the Beatles. That's that what good. that's Paul. That's Paul Rudd, right? Doesn't Paul Rudd say that? Or no? No, Jack, Jack Black, Black says, says that. Yeah. 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 Um, they the Beatles scene comes when they're in, in Dewey Cox goes to India, obviously to meet with the Maharishi as the Beatles mm-hmm. really did, and the Beatles are quarreling in the in the, like the funniest fucking way. Um, one of my favorite lines is 
when John Lennon Paul Rudd uh, says to Paul, I wonder if your songs will still be shit when I'm 64. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so clever. Um, and then Dewey Cox drops acid with the Beatles. Yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, when he's like, oh, yeah, there's like, uh, it can expand your mind if you can only imagine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So good. Um, he obviously has a bad trip and sees machetes because yeah, and I love that they do the, the the yellow submarine animation yeah. style. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, they, it's really fun. One of my favorite scenes. Um, I'm just going through my list of other cameos here. Yeah. I love when uh, uh, he he asked he asked permission from to he asked <laughs> Darlene for, permi- for permission to do. Can I can I please do acid with the Beatles? Like, all right, yeah. do it just once. Just once. <laughs> Let's go do acid with the Beatles. Yeah. Um, Jack White as Elvis, which yeah. I, I wish I, I, I wish I knew the story him. about how that came to be. I didn't recognize him. Well, I mean, I picked it out this time because I was looking for like you know I was like kind of sk- like skimming through IMDb because yeah. I knew we were doing the podcast. So I saw that it was him this time, and I was like, oh yeah, that is him. But like in all my previous viewings of this movie, I had no idea that it was him. Yeah, um, I, I love the White Stripes, um, so I recognized him right away. Um, but, like, how, how the hell did he get roped into this? Like, is he Who knows? friends with Judd or um, Jake? Like, I'm, I'm just curious. Maybe. Um, did he have any involvement with the, with the music? Maybe. Look yeah. that. Like, I'm just thinking, like, I mean, it's a... It feels like a thing that Judd Apatow could have just like sent an email, yeah, <laughs> and been like, "We we need a musician. We want a musician to play Elvis." Yeah, like how about the, how about you? Yeah, I thought <laughs> he was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, I usually when I see um, Jack White, he's obviously performing, and I've I've seen him live, and he doesn't. He's pretty just straight faced, whatever. But it was kind of cool to see him do a little bit of comedy. Yeah. Um. God, there's just so many good quotes in the, from this movie. The when Dewey's like fifty at fifty times in and out of rehab. The um. The <laughs> we need more blankets. We need less blankets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really great parody. And like the nurse and the doctor are like frantic. He's cold. He needs more blankets. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> now he's hot. I think he has too many blankets. <laughs> We need more blankets, and we need less blankets. <laughs> oh God! Um, yeah, it's uh, the whole, the whole movie is great, and I love when he like is getting to know his kids at the end. Is like there's a whole bunch of funny moments there, um, and then even at the very end, I mean, or it starts kind of at the beginning in in the beginning when he's old. And he's leaning against the wall, and they're like, Dewey Cox has to envision like every moment of his entire life before he goes on stage. And uh, that's when he has the, the final like drug scene with Tim Meadows when he walks in and they're doing Viagra. Yep. <laughs> it gives you boners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I forgot his Brian Williams, uh, Brian Wilson phase. Brian Williams. Brian Wilson from the Beach yeah. Boys phase, um, where, you know, he's trying to create his one big masterpiece and he has like hundred of hundred people in the studio and he has animals and he has all these different sounds which brian wilson really did in real life um to do that um in case people don't know um so i thought that was clever i just think this whole movie is just it's so funny but it's also clever the way they pulled from actual history and yeah it feels like every every scene and like almost every line they wrote had a purpose like it was all like yeah. a reference it was either a reference to something or a spoof of something or um like there was not like a wasted word in this whole movie yeah it was great um i'm trying to think if there's anything else i want to say about it i just i love it i laugh i laugh very hard every time i watch it yeah same same it's a classic it's a classic comedy and in 2007 it was like the height of the like what would they call it? Like the Will Ferrell like comedy crew, like Will Ferrell, John C. Oh. Riley, Paul Rudd. Like there was a oh the frat pack, frat pack maybe. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, um, but yeah, it was like right in the in the wheelhouse of when all those movies were coming out, and they still come. I mean, every once in a while they still come out with a movie with like all those guys in it. Yeah, 
John C. Riley is so talented. Yeah, he's in such a range of movies. Exactly. And he's done theater. Um, he was great. And I think one of the first things I can really, I can remember seeing him in was Chicago, which oh, is yeah. so different from this. Yeah. Like his I, range. Uh, Gangs of New York for me. He plays the Irish cop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, man has range. Does he, does he have any Oscars? Mm, I don't think so. I mean, I don't even know what he would have been nominated for. I think he's always good, but I don't think he's ever had a role, like a role big enough that would be considered for an Oscar. You know what I mean? Does, does that make sense, the way I'm saying it? He was nominated for an Oscar, but it didn't um, win. One. Which one? How, when, what year? Well, that's going to give it away. 2003. 2003? Yep. No, I have no idea. Chicago. Ah, okay. There you go. Best supporting. Yeah. Nice. Good for him. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to add about the Dewey Cox story? No. No, I think we covered it. It's a classic. It's If you haven't seen it, go see it. Um, yeah, it's just like a... Like, it, you know, there's like just comedies that... Like, kind of with you and Dodgeball, where it's like you hear, like, somebody hasn't seen it, and you're like, how have you not seen it? Yeah. <laughs> Walk Hard is one of those. Especially if you're a fan of, a music fan. I mean, especially of classic classic right. rock music, but um, you, you, gotta see, you gotta see Walk Hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, so next week's episode... You're going to let me pick again. And we're doing a movie that we're pretty sure you haven't seen. If I have seen it, it was a long time ago. I don't really remember what it's about. I feel like I might be confusing it with like a couple other similar movies. I have no idea. Okay. So we are going back to 1999, like Galaxy Quest. And we're going to be talking about 10 Things I Hate About You, which... Um, was a movie I still love. I haven't watched it in a while, but I watched a ton of when I was a tween teenager in middle school. Um, a young Heath Ledger and Julia Stiles. And Gotta love Heath Ledger. I know. What could have been? But um, that'll be next week's episode. Should be a good one. I'm excited. Cool. So, uh, listeners, if you liked what you've heard, you know what to do. Uh, rate and subscribe, and you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at FriendsLikeFilms. And email us if you want to at FriendsLikeFilms at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.